Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. We're so excited to be back because um, you may have noticed, you may not have, that we did not get a February episode out because we were actually really busy um, with our favorite weekend of the year, which is our Women's Encounter Retreat. So that's where we were last month. Yes, and I am so thankful for Suzanne and her grace and encouragement because I was totally mad at myself for us not planning. And we technically had planned to do one, but our guest speaker was sick, and so we weren't able to record it. And then we got caught up with everything going on at Encounter Weekend. It was great. We had we were in a new location this year. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was nice. It was it's always my favorite. I don't care where we are, really. I still think it would be my favorite weekend just getting all of us ladies together and I always feel like it's a good time that I can like be myself and be silly and just have a great weekend. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. We had probably close to 60 women with us this year. It was the most we've ever had in attendance and the most new people we ever yeah, had. Yeah, I know. I was really encouraged by how many new people got to come. So it was really, and to, and to hang out with them and meet new people and um yeah, it was great. Yeah, it is. And so if you don't know what we're talking about, our Encounter Weekend usually happens every year, either in February or March. This past year, we were in Hilton Head, uh, right on the ocean, and it was amazing. I will just tell you guys, the very first time we ever did a Women's Weekend um we stepped out in obedience. God called me to do it, and it was at my house. Y'all, it was at my house. It was bad. Were you at that one? No, but I love this story because you talked about how, like, y'all were, like, a bunch of you were slumbered up together in your bedroom. Oh, yeah. Just, like, it just reminds me of being, like, a little girl having sleepovers. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> there were about 15 of us in my house, and there were three of us in my bedroom sleeping, and then we had them all over the place. And it was—we've we, come a long way since then, you guys. So don't worry. If you're interested, we'll be putting out dates coming up soon and working on next year's because we're always looking ahead. But it's a great weekend. It's really just a time for us to encounter the presence of God. And I know he's with us all the time, but sometimes it really helps to get away from your routine and separate yourself from what your everyday is. I I need to be able to be in a hotel room where I'm not looking at all my laundry and dirty dishes. For sure. I also think there's something about like going away and you know, it's for a retreat and you're going to be like all immersed in the word and with, with your people and that you have more of an expectant heart that we don't often have day to day, which we should, but it is like you just get this expectant um, heart for God to show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the last thing I want to say about that is to the lady who may be listening to us today, who like myself is thinking, I hate women's retreats. (laughs) 
You guys, I just said it. It's true. <laughs> I used to be the person who was like, oh, I don't want to go on a retreat. I don't, it's just, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, but I have come to love it because like you said, it's that expectation of being with other women who are on mission for God and who want to hear from God and who want to respond to God. And so if you're that woman who thinks, no way would I ever do a women's retreat, I just want to encourage you. It was not my thing either, but he has made it my thing. Um, baby showers aren't my thing either, and he still hasn't made it my thing. But I do baby showers, and if any of you are expecting a baby, I want to celebrate with you. So um, anyway, I totally digress, and I have moved on to things that are unnecessary. So so what are we talking about today, Suzanne? So today we're going to be talking about prayer, which is— um, I don't know. I know that can be a difficult topic for some people because we just kind of get confused about what exactly does it mean to pray or like, how should I pray? Um, and then we have um, a few questions that um, people sent in and um, that we want to answer today. I can't wait to get into those questions. I'm really looking forward to that. But before we dive into those questions, let's just take a minute and talk about what is prayer? How would you define it? What do you think? Well, for me, I think prayer, I just think about is just talking with God. Yeah, and just kind of having a conversation with God. I love that. And so in a conversation, like what we are doing right now, having a conversation, it's back and forth. But for a long time for me, when I prayed, I would just talk to God. And I never stopped to listen to what God had to say. Well, I, I still feel like a lot of my prayer time is probably more spent with me talking than listening, but it is something that I'm, I, I try to be more aware of. Um, but definitely I still probably spend most of the time talking, Yeah, but I'm working on it. Yeah, no, I think, I think we're all kind of in that boat. And one of the things it's hard because how do you listen to someone that you've never seen before? I mean, I've never put my eyes on God. I've never seen God right. before. So to be able to listen, it's very hard for me to listen to God. I don't know what that means. I know how to listen to you because I can look at your body language and tell when you're about to say something mm -hmm. or when you're ready to speak. I can say, oh, okay, now it's time to listen. And then when I stop talking. Right, then I start. So, And I get that because it's also difficult, like, um, to kind of sit in the quiet, like that's really hard. You know, you start running through all the things, at least I do, like, oh, I've got to, forgot to put the clothes in the dryer. Let me wash them for the 10th time. You know, whatever that is, it's like you start going through that. Um, so sometimes for me, just a practical tip when I'm praying is I'll keep like a little note card or something. And like, as those things come up, I'll just jot them down so that I don't feel like, oh, I need to remember that. Cause then I just start focusing on that more. But being in a quiet space is hard for me because I like to talk. I love that. I love the practical tip. So hopefully throughout the rest of this podcast, we'll give you guys practical tips and kind of help you hear some practical ways to connect with God. And I have one real practical way that I didn't come up with. I believe God actually gave it to me. Um, this is a crazy story and you can believe it or not believe it. I don't know. That's okay, but it's true. It's real. It happened. And I just want to share it with you guys. So back during the um, initial quarantine time, early on, probably in April or May of 2020, I was not praying. I was not thinking about God. I was not talking to God. I was in my bedroom putting clothes away or something. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I heard God say, 
stop and listen to me. And so I, I mean, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I got this strong impression that he was speaking. So I stopped what I was doing and I grabbed a notebook and he said, listen. So I wrote the word listen down uh, on the piece of paper and it just was L-I-S-T-E-N. And as I sat there, he I, I got this impression that he said, look, inquire, seek, talk, experience, expect experience and never stop. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. God, you're speaking to me right now. And so I jotted all of that down. And the next thing I got the impression or heard him saying was, look with your eyes closed. What do you hear? And so I wrote that out and I wrote, I hear the vacuum cleaner. I hear footsteps. I heard a piano. It must have been my um, Spotify playing because we don't own a piano. <laughs> so when I went back and looked, I was like, piano, it must have been Spotify playing. Um, so I wrote all of that down. And then he said, how do you know what you heard without seeing it? And I said, because I have experience with it. And he said, exactly. So that's how you practice listening to me because you have experience with me, even though you can't see me. Mm. And I mean, I, y'all, I was like in it. I'm like, keep going, God. I'd much rather do this than fold the laundry. <laughs> this is great. Talk to me. And it was as if it was like just done. Nothing. I'm sitting there for another five minutes, like speak, God, speak, God. And it was like, no, get up, go do the rest of your stuff. Go about your day. And so I literally just shut that journal and thought, that was weird. Okay. So fast forward to last week when Suzanne called, actually texted me. Yes, and I, um, I said, this is going to be really weird. This is going to sound like a super weird question. <laughs> and you know what I love about her? I'm going to let you let her tell this part of the story, how she reached out to me. But what I love about Suzanne is she wants to challenge me, but she's also such a good friend that she does leave a little room for like, if you don't want to respond right now, it's okay. You don't have to respond right now. Well, I also think you were going into a meeting. I was. So that's that's what that was about too. So, Suzanne, tell them what you heard and what you texted. Um, so I texted her and I said, this is a super weird question, but do you have do you listen to music during your quiet time or your time with God? And um, then you responded. That, yeah, I usually do. Yeah. So I then, <laughs> then I just said, well, I'm not sure because honestly, and I think this is a struggle we all have in different seasons, knowing like, was that me or was that God? Because it's all the same voice, right? It's my voice in my head. Yeah. Um, but I was praying for Stacy specifically uh, the the end of the week before that, and I felt like it was like turn off the music. And I I do know that Stacy listens to music a lot, like in her house. There's always music playing, but I wasn't sure how that worked during her quiet time. So I just kind of processed it, and I was like, that's a weird question, and kind of forgot about it. But then I was praying for her again and just the ministry and everything like that, and it kind of came back to me. So then I felt, okay, this is something that I feel prompted to actually ask her. Um, so anytime that happens to me, because this doesn't happen like all the time, I do like to put that caveat in it. I think it, number one, protects um, God in my mind. It's like, hey, I don't know if God said this to you, but does this resonate with you? Uh, so that's so I finally did text her and say that. Yeah. She said, I think God's telling you to turn off the music and, and listen. listen. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just so happened I was in my car 
when she did that, and I was listening to a podcast about prayer, actually, and I thought, okay, if he wants me to turn off the music, quote unquote, and listen, well, I've got four minutes before I'm going to get to my destination, so he better talk quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I turned off the podcast, and I simply said, God, I am listening. Is there anything that you want to say to me? And you guys, I am not kidding. I had not thought about the journal and writing the word listen down in over a year. And all of a sudden, it dropped into my mind. Do you remember the day I had you write the word listen down? And I thought, yeah, okay. And then my next thought was, I have no idea where that journal is, God. You know, I don't know where that journal is. I have 20 journals. I'm not kidding. I have 20 Crosstown journals. That's where we go to church and that's where I get my journals because they provide them for us for free. <laughs> so I got a bunch of Crosstown journals. Yeah. And um, I thought, okay. And I just got the strong impression that he was saying, go back and look at that journal of what I told you when I said, listen. And so I actually was coming to work at church and I, I pulled in and I thought, man, I wonder where that journal is. I was at my house when I wrote it down originally. So I thought it must be at my house, but I went into my office and I put my stuff down and I looked on the shelf and there probably seven or eight Crosstown journals sitting on the shelf. And I thought, well, let me just look and see if one of these journals might be that. The very first journal I picked up and opened, I opened straight to that page that said, listen, y'all, I can't make that up. I cannot make that up. That was, I know that I know that I know that I heard from him. I have a running list of notes on my phone that says, I know that I know for sure that I heard from him. That's one that needs to go there because it's just too much to make up. And so what I did, I was running into a staff meeting. And so what I did was um, I just kind of grabbed it and held on to it. And then over the next 24 to 48 hours, I kept pressing into him about the idea of what did you want to say to me about listen? And I really feel like he kind of tweaked it a little bit for me. And I don't know about you, Suzanne, and maybe you can speak to this in a minute, but Sometimes I think I hear him and then I have to tweak it a little bit and kind of process it over and over again. And so um, over the next 24 to 48 hours, the acronym LISTEN became look with your eyes closed, inquire, which means to ask questions, to seek, which means to seek answers to those questions in his word and through his people, And then the T, instead of talk, of course, I would think it's talk because y'all love to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, The T became take notes, write down, journal, write down what he's saying. And so I, I started taking notes. The E was expect response, expect a response. And then um, the N is never stop. And so I just want to encourage you. We're going to include this in the show notes, that little acronym. But I want to encourage you, if you are struggling with prayer, maybe go through and and look at that idea of listen and put it before the Lord. He may tweak it a little bit differently for you than he did for me, um, because each one of us, I think, hear from him a little bit differently. Same God, same truth, same ideas. But I think the way we hear it is a little bit different, but that was really powerful for me. And one way that I know 
prayer works is not just talking to him, but listening by looking not with what my expectation is. That's why I think he asked me to look with my eyes closed, Mm. because when I have my eyes open, I know what I want from God. But looking with my eyes open really is posturing myself, saying not what I want, Lord, but what you want. And so I hope that encourages someone today with the idea of, of listening to God in prayer. Yeah, for sure. I loved the part where you talked about, um, and I, you told me the story already, but I must have missed it. <laughs> or God just wanted me to hear it because I wasn't listening while well. he wanted me to hear it now when I was intently listening to you. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> but when you said about um, what to close your eyes and what did you hear, and just yeah. the, the part of that is you, the experience part. Yeah. Was such a just really was crazy cool to me because it's true. Like we we have the experience. That's how you knew with your eyes closed what you were hearing, that you were hearing a piano because you've seen someone play the piano. And so you know that that's a piano. So I loved that idea with your eyes closed um, Mm. because we don't see God like, you know, before you like you do me in this tactile. Like I can touch you and feel you, right? Um, So I love that, the experience part, because I do think prayer is so much about experiencing the presence of God. It absolutely is. And we see that modeled in the life of Jesus. Jesus led a life of prayer. If Jesus, who is God incarnate, spent a majority of his time in prayer. I mean, over and over and over again in the Gospels, which really is just a very short period that we have recorded of the life of Jesus. But I don't think that Jesus just started praying when he you know, started in full-time ministry. I think his whole life was spent in conversation with his father. And just this morning, I was listening to a book and the author was reminding us that four out of the seven things that Jesus said on the cross were prayers to his father. Mm. I mean, that's almost half of what he said on the cross are prayers to his father. And I think he's modeled for us how important prayer is. But I think he also understands it's difficult for us. And why is it difficult? We're going to ask some of those questions because you may be a person who really struggles with your prayer life. And um, so let's Maybe get into some of those questions. So um, anytime you ever have a question about anything that we say or that you want us to talk about, you can always send them in to us on uh, social media. We're Crosstown Soar because Savor is a ministry of Crosstown Church. Um, Or also you can always email us. It's savor at crosstownchurch.com. And we'll put that in the the show notes just so you have that. So we had a couple questions. Um, The first question is, should we always follow a certain pattern when we pray, such as the Our Father? Mm, What do you think about that? That's a good question. That is a good question. These are all good questions. Yes. And I think that's one, especially if you come from a more traditional background, maybe a Catholic background, uh, you tend to want to say certain specific prayers and you want to follow a certain, certain order. And listen, go study the Lord's Prayer. You will not be disappointed. You will glean something from the Lord's Prayer. He said, I'm going to teach you how to pray. Mm-hmm. So we should all pay attention to that. But the thing that I get most in that is that there is a structure to prayer. 
Because when we have conversation, if my sentences didn't have structure, they wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to you. And so there is structure, but what is that structure in prayer? I think that structure in prayer is a give and a take, a a speak and a listen Mm -hmm. is what I think the main structure. And if you hear the Lord's prayer, there is part of that built into that. But I don't think there's only one way to pray. And I think actually for me, my experience is, yes, sometimes I have recited the Lord's prayer, but the most meaningful prayers come from when my heart is just laid before the Lord and um, when I communicate my feelings with Him and then I pause to listen. So to me, that's what I think of when I think of structure behind prayer. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are, and, and I think that if you like to pray these more like structured prayer in the scripture, pray them. I mean, the, the, he gave them to us for that. And I think there are different times for me personally when I do pray more structured, like the just the Our Father kind of helps me run through some things. Um where it's not like we talked about all about like, what do I want from God? Um, but like, forgive me of my sins. It reminds me, I know you think that I should remember my sins forefront in my mind, <laughs> but um, I think I, I just don't. And so thinking of that sometimes reminds me, hey, I need to repent. Yes. I've got some repenting to do as, you know, before I even start asking and just reminding that I want to praise Him. Yes. And so I think those things in the Our Father prayer specifically uh, really um, help me to remember sometimes what I want to say in my prayer. But yeah, I like that, the give and, the give and take. But um, yeah, I would say the answer to that is uh, no, because you don't always. I talk to God sometimes and I'm just like, God, I need you in this moment. God, shut my mouth, you know, Yes. Uh, or just thank you, God. Thank you for that, you know? And so yes. I think it's not always have to be this long, drawn-out prayer. Yeah, I totally agree with that, and I, I completely resonate with that. But I love how you talk about the, like, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, which actually, if you're interested, it's in Luke chapter 11, I believe. Yeah, Luke chapter 11 is one of the places that you can find it. And um, it really— it does. It sets up this idea because it starts out by praising God and recognizing God's position and authority. And I think I need to be reminded of that mm-hmm. sometimes because like you, you know, say, yeah, sin should be in the forefront of our mind, but it's not always. It's not always because I'm a good liar to myself and I pretend <laughs> that I'm better than I am in my mind or I'm worse than I am in my mind. I mean, you know, whatever. But uh, the idea of just being reminded and so the Lord's Prayer does help that, I do think. But I think you're right. I don't I don't want anyone to be caught up in, well, I don't know how to pray the right way, so I'm not going to pray. The best prayer you can pray is, God, I don't know how to pray. Help me pray. I mean, start there. And Scripture tells us if you don't have the words, then you just have like these Holy Spirit groans. Uh, I can't remember the exact verbiage of that scripture, but it's something similar to that. Yeah, that he intercedes on our behalf with groans that go beyond words of understanding. And so there are going to be points or when you begin your prayer journey, you know, it's a, and it's a practice of prayer. It's a constant practice and a constant process of learning how to communicate with him and listening to him communicate with us. But if you're not praying because you're afraid you're not going to pray the right way, 
don't do that. Stop that. Start today just saying, God, I don't know how to pray, but yeah. here I am. And even the N and listen, your acronym listen is never stop. And so that's scriptural because the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Yeah. And we'll, I don't think the expectation would be that we recite the Lord's Prayer all day, every day. Right. 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 So it's just about talking with God and, and, and communicating with Him the same way you would a friend. Yeah. Um, and so if you say you don't know how to pray, then I'm also going to assume that you don't know how to talk to other people. Right. Um, and, and sometimes we don't know how to talk to other people, but but you get what I'm saying. Like we... We are we start physically somewhere. capable of doing it. Yes. That's yes. right. We start somewhere. And I think that's such a—that leads to another question. I'm not sure if it's one that was sent in to us, but persisting in prayer. Mm. Sometimes people have been told or have a false theology—yes, I said a false theology yeah. that is taught that you don't have to ask God over and over again. Like, if you ask Him and it doesn't happen, you shouldn't ask anymore. That is an absolute lie, and it's a contradiction to Scripture. Scripture tells us to persist in prayer, to keep asking. When Jesus is telling the parable about the guy who's knocking on the door because he needs something in the middle of the night, the reason the guy got got up to give it to him is because he persisted. And Jesus is saying, persist in prayer. So if you have been praying about something and you have not gotten an answer, then you need to keep asking and keep persisting. It is not a sign of weak faith to keep asking God for something. Now, there are a few check downs you might want to do and see if he's already given you an answer and you're like, I don't like that answer. So I'm going to keep asking for what I want. I'm going to tell you, close your eyes mm-hmm. and listen to what he has to say. But if you just, ha- there have been times when I've prayed about things and I'm not getting an answer. And so I just keep praying or I don't see a direct result. I just keep praying because persistence in prayer is of the utmost importance. Yeah, I think some translations may say persevere yes. in prayer. And I love that word because we just did that word in encounter and talked about perseverance. And yes. um, so I love that distinction that if you haven't gotten a clear no from God, there's no reason that you should not continue um, to pray. Yes. Yeah. And along that line, this is a side note. This is not necessarily scripture. So please hear me. This is just my kind of experience with it in my personal life. I'm not saying it's straight across the board for everyone, but for me, I will say that God's no's are often louder than his yeses in my life. Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't say yes to me, but if if I'm praying about, should I do this, God, and I keep praying about it, and he does not say no, and it's not a clear no, then I start moving in that direction. Because to me, his no's in my personal life have just been a little bit louder than his yeses. But if you, if I didn't move at all, then I wouldn't know. Sometimes I start moving in that way and then all of a sudden a no is revealed. So I stop. But there have been other times when a no hasn't been revealed and I keep moving forward and keep moving forward. And then finally the yes emerges. Mm, good point. Um, okay, so the next question is a very deep theological question and one that I know that we have all wrestled with here at some point in discussing this. And I will say I don't think that there's this answer can be satisfied, so to speak, because I think there is somewhat of a mystery to this, um, right? We don't know everything the Father knows. Um, so the question is, why pray if God already knows what's going to happen? Ooh, you want to take that one? Oh, what? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, after the first one was easy. <laughs> I know. That's why I took the first one. Um, I think that this is a, there's no easy way to answer this, this question. Uh, again, it's a deep theological question to me. Um, it is a, a question that I do think um, we will never fully understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that prayer is so many things, and it's not always about getting what we want with prayer. And I think so many times that's how we approach prayer, myself included. And I have to check myself on that often. Um, but prayer isn't about getting what we want. I think it is this idea of communing with our God. Um, and so, you know, for me, I have some different beliefs. If we really wanted to get theological, I, I wonder, I don't know about this idea of Molinism, that God um, has this middle knowledge um, where he knows kind of what all the choices are and, and things like that. But prayer also um, changes me. It, it changes me. And so it, it gives me... Um, understanding sometimes, sometimes Mm -hmm. not. But I do think that when I have been praying, persevering in prayer, um, God has taught me through that, that my prayers do matter, that the word tells me the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And so because I don't understand all the interworkings of that, I kind of lay that at his feet. Um, so for me, there's not a real clear answer, but it, yeah. the, the truth is that I know what God's Word says, and I find that inerrant, and um, I might not understand it all, but I know that my prayers matter. So that's not a really super great answer for it, but I'm going to let you take it from there. <laughs> well, actually, I think it is a super great answer for it, and if you continue believing lies, I will hit you. <laughs> great. She, but y'all, I've already she hit already, you in the head once today. She, I was going to say, she already hit me in the back of the head once today, so there you go. Um, I think what you just said is that your prayer changes you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to keep in mind. So when we ask a question like, why pray if God already knows everything that's going to happen? Is God asking us to pray for God or is God asking us to pray for ourselves? And I mm-hmm. think that question in and of itself, I, I love that question. I am not downing the person who asked that question. I have asked that mm-hmm. question. And what the Lord has said to me is, in that question, you have a bias. In that question, you're saying, well, why do it if God already knows the answer. And he's saying, because I know more than you know, and I know that prayer will change you. Prayer will change your heart. Prayer will shape the way you think about things differently. I heard someone say one time, and I'm probably not quoting it exactly right, and I have no idea who said it. Um, But if we knew what God knew, we would pray the way God would pray. Mm -hmm. But because we don't know what God knows, we pray in a limited fashion. We pray with our finite understanding. And so the idea is that um, God, we know based on scripture, I think about Pastor Ben here at Crosstown, he says, God always answers prayer Mm -hmm. and he always does it in his timing and he always does it for the good of his people and for his glory. And I think that's so true. One thing that we know for sure is God always, God always answers prayer. He responds to it. We may not see the result or the answer that we're looking for, but you 
cannot go to him in prayer without being confident that he is going to answer that somehow, some way in his timing. And I think that's a good reminder of why we pray, because it shapes who I am and my relationship with him. Right. And then didn't you have something in the listen that was talking about remember or no? Uh, Take notes. Take notes. Oh, yes. So you could remember. And I think for me, um, some of the reconciliation of not knowing this, how this all works, you know, like I don't know how the inside of my computer works, but because I'm just not tech savvy, but I know that when I turn it on, it's probably going to work. And so I'm okay with that. But I know that I know that I know that God has answered prayers that I've prayed. Sure, He has not answered prayers I prayed, but I have to trust that that's because His way is better than my way. And He hasn't answered them the way that you think right. or that you've seen. Right, exactly. Good. Yes, thank you for that. But I do know that I have prayed prayers that God has answered. You might just not have been able to see them, but you do see it sometimes. Right, that's what I mean. I know, yes, correct. That he is got his stuff working out, right? Whether yeah, I, he, I, he's got his stuff working I'm, out. <laughs> whether I'm on board with what he's doing or not is irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like I've prayed for something to happen in my life that has happened, and that's yes. happened over and over. And when it doesn't happen, I, I still have to trust him, and that's where the challenge really comes in, right? Because when we get what we want, we're happy. Right. Um, but I'm just saying, look, remembering the times that I've prayed and it. I feel like I've seen his hand in it. Yes. It just um, encourages my prayer life. Yeah, absolutely. And we have tons of stories Mm -hmm. about that answered prayer, especially because actually the day we're recording this is a Monday and we meet every Monday at 10 a.m. for prayer. And this morning was really Mm -hmm. powerful. There were probably almost a dozen women in the room Mm -hmm. praying. And that Monday morning prayer time started because... God laid it on Suzanne's heart. How many years ago, Suzanne? I don't know, just a couple or something. I can't even remember. I mean, remember. it was way before the pandemic. So before okay. 2020. I know yeah. y'all, everything gets compressed yes. from 2020. We don't even remember there was a 2017. <laughs> this but is life true. did happen in 2017. So it must have been the year before the pandemic. Yeah. So probably in 2019. Actually, I think I was on vacation when you guys first started the prayer thing. Yeah, it was just Kathy and I the first Yeah time or two. Because yeah. I don't even, I think we had kind of talked about it and you told me it was something that was yeah. stirring in your heart. And then I think I saw on Instagram, I was on vacation. I'm like, what? They started <laughs> Wednesday one prayer or something. I don't even yeah. remember what day of the week. And I was like, that's so awesome. But it has grown to be this, this group of women. And we invite you, if you're local in Charleston or you're a part of Crosstown and you can come on Monday morning, it's from 10 to 11. And we just pray together. And um, if you need prayer, one of the women who regularly attends that, she will take you in another room mm-hmm. and pray with you individually if that is something that you need. Because prayer changes mm-hmm. everything. It changes us. It changes our understanding. And I think that's so vitally important in prayer. Yeah. So I think part of that is just resting in the mystery of how it all works. Absolutely. All right. Last question that we're going to ask today. It came in and it says, um, how to accept when God doesn't give you the answer you want to prayer? Oh, man. How do you do that, Stacy? Well, <laughs> I think God taught me this when I had kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my favorite lines to my kids was, you need to learn to accept my no gracefully. Mm. And 
if you can't accept my no gracefully, I told my kids, I'm going to keep saying no until you can be graceful about receiving a no. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness God does not treat us the way we treat our children. <laughs> he treats us in a much more loving way. But I think, first of all, understanding that if I'm asking for a yes and God gives me a no, if God gave it to me, it is the best gift I could ever receive, even if I don't understand it. And um, I think there's an old country music song, and I, y'all, I don't like country music. So, and if you do, I'm sorry, it's okay. But um, I think Garth Brooks sang a song called "Thank God for Unanswered Prayers." Oh yeah. yeah. And I've always thought, oh yeah. No, what he's basically saying is, thank you, God, that you didn't give me what I asked for. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we ask for things that we just can't handle. I mean, my son, if he really, he's going to be getting a car probably in a year or so. As a, you know, 16-year-old boy in a year, he'd probably want the fastest car on the road. Because he doesn't understand how dangerous Mm -hmm. that car could be for him. All he thinks is the power and the status and the fun that he could have with that car. But I know the restraint that it would take to have a very powerful sports car. And so sometimes we're asking God for things that we just aren't able to have. And so His, I, I've come to a place to accept that God's no is the best answer I could have sometimes. Mm-hmm. Also, a good example is like when you were praying for you and your boyfriend to get married, and now you can look back and say, oh, thank God. Am I yes. right? Amen yeah, to amen. that one. Amen. <laughs> I think that was the crux of the song Garth Brooks oh. sang was, thank you that I didn't marry my high school sweetheart because oh, yeah. she would cry. Because she know? turned out cry. <laughs> um, yeah, and I love that. I also think that being uh, reminded that sometimes what we want is not what we need. Yeah. And so that's basically saying what you just said, that we trust that God knows what we need more than we do. And that's a really hard place to live sometimes. Yeah. And actually, I I can share a story with you where God gave me a no, Mm -hmm. and it was 18 months of really um, uh, just sadness on my part because he said no. And um, so long story short, we really felt like as um, a couple, my husband and I heard God tell us to sell our house and buy this lot and build this house and provide housing for missionaries. And we really thought like that meant build an apartment and a place for them to stay. And so we did that and we sold our house and we bought the lot. And then just door after door closed and we kept praying and God kept saying no. God kept saying no, no. And we're like, but God, you told us, we feel like you told us to buy this lot and build a house and house missionaries. And for 18 months, it was just door shut after door shut after no after no. And I was frustrated and angry and sad with God. But fast forward almost 10 years later, I am so thankful that God said no, Mm -hmm. to that house on that lot. Um, He worked it out. We have a different house now. And actually, I think we did hear him correctly in, yes, buy that lot and provide housing for a missionary. But you know how that worked out? Because when we sold that lot, the profit that we made was the exact same amount of money that a friend of ours who is a missionary in Amman, Jordan, needed to pay rent for the next year. Mm. And he was in need of that exact same amount of money. And so the profit off of that lot went to provide housing for him and his family for a year. And so I was the one who added the really pretty house. And y'all, the house plans were amazing. <laughs> if you need house plans and you want- I was going to say, you still have those, don't you? Yeah. And you want a laundry room that's connected to your master closet? 
hit me up because it was going to be fat, y'all. But now my laundry room's off my kitchen, so <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, and I think that's that's such a good point, too, about prayer, because sometimes we hear God correctly um, and what He's asking us to do, but we may formulate this plan of how to get there on our own, um, and especially if it's like something you're like, like if you're like me or probably like you, like you hear from God, you want to get on it. Like, let's oh, go, yeah. let's do it. But God might have some timing worked out for you. But I will also tell you just a quick story. I was, I've been praying for something for a couple years and um, God really taught me through prayer that what I want is good and he wants to do that, but he's doing something bigger than that, that he's Mm. doing something eternal. Mm. So it allowed me, now I have to do this often with this prayer, but it allowed me to surrender what I wanted to his bigger plan, his more important plan. Um, And that's not easy to do, but that is something that that God taught me through these last couple of years of prayer. I love that. And along those lines, too, that that he has something good, something better mm-hmm. for you. Um, Psalm 84, 11 says he will not withhold any good thing from those whose way is blameless. Mm. And so if you're getting a no in prayer, then he is not holding back something that he that's going to be good for you. He's protecting you from something that would not be good for you in the same way that he protected us from things that that we needed to be protected from if we had mm-hmm. built that house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So those are the only questions that we had time for today. So. All right. Well, yeah, those are those are good ones. Those are great questions. We hope that you've enjoyed um, this kind of introductory episode on prayer, and I'm sure it may actually provoke more questions in you. And so we encourage you, email us at saver at crosstownchurch.com or send us a DM through Crosstown Soar on Instagram or hit us up at church. I mean, or text us. Right. (laughs) You probably have our numbers. (laughs) Yes. And so um, we're just, uh, we love doing this. We love sharing. We love, remember, savoring the goodness of God by delighting in His Word. And that is the whole point of this podcast, is to be able to savor the goodness of God. I heard last week a new study that said it's not that people don't believe that God exists. They have a hard time believing that He is good. And we need to be reminded He is good. He is so good and so kind to us. And He shows us that through food. And so, okay, I'm going to throw this question to you, Suzanne. So we didn't talk about this. But... In since Friday, what's the best thing that you have put in your mouth to eat since Friday? Oh my gosh, that's such a hard question. Um, I love putting you on the spot. I know, and I hate it because I'm like have such a bad memory too. I'm over here like, what did I even eat this weekend? <laughs> um, I did not eat anything like crazy good this weekend. Like you know, Aww. need to write home about it. Um, so for me, one of the things that I love, like. I could take a bath in it is queso. And so we had Mexican yesterday and uh, and the queso and salsa mixed together and chips was so good. I'm just glad it's not pickle juice. No, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't resorted to bathing in anything like that. But that's probably the best thing just because I didn't do anything like extravagant. But I love me some chips and queso. Queso is (laughs) good, especially if you pour some hot sauce on it. I just like regular old mild salsa in it. (sighs) You're so boring. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, so for me, it's a toss-up. We had Outback to go last night because the reason I asked this question is because 
Chris and I went out on a date Thursday night, and it was terrible. The food was terrible. And he tried really hard to get us reservations at a restaurant, and we couldn't get in, so we got reservations at this new place. And I had high hopes, and it was just not good at all. The scallops were eh, The tuna was awful. Um, And so then we went to this fancy, swanky party for five hours, y'all, and there was like heavy hors d'oeuvres. Anyway, I could go on about it. And I'm like, who? No, I need you to sit me down at a feast and a table and feed me if I have to be in this fancy dress at this fancy party for five hours. And it was <laughs> literally heavy hors d'oeuvres they were passing around that you couldn't eat. So Uh-oh. I got nothing good then. And then we did have Mexican, but I was really hungry last night. And so after our small group, I was like, can we order Outback, please? So you would think I would tell you that the steak was the best part, and it was amazing. But y'all— Jesus is the bread of life. So that hot bread covered in butter, it was so good. That's so funny that you said that. And this is just extra. Like you always like to say this is for free. But this morning when I was like reading and studying, I got really into this this passage where it talks about preserving. And so I was like, what would that mean to the Israelites? Like, how did they preserve food back then? And so I was like reading. I mean, I must have spent 30 minutes reading about drying and salting and fermenting and all like that. But um, I was Googling something and it, you know how to pop up all the common questions like people Google? And it said, what was Jesus's favorite food? And that I was like, so are people really Googling what Jesus's favorite food was? Like, this is a a very, um, you know, subjective kind of question. We would have to ask him, <laughs> but it all it all the answers said bread. bread. And I was like, that's Jesus. <laughs> you and I, I mm-hmm, we relate. I relate to you, Jesus. I get you, bread. That's right, bread. So that leads us into <laughs> our savor moment. And um, Susan, you want to talk to us a little bit about our savor moment? Yeah, so today, um, I think what we would really, this might like, you know, really require you to go outside your comfort zone. But I think that, Um, one thing we don't do enough together with our friends and our community is pray with one another. Mm. And so that can be really uncomfortable, but the only way to get comfortable doing it is by doing it. Absolutely. Uh, So today we're going to just challenge you and ask you to really savor some prayer time with a friend, you know, maybe invite them over for a coffee or, you know, y'all go out for dessert or... Or hot bread. Or hot bread. Yes. Now that we know that was Jesus's favorite, he's fond of bread. (laughs) Just to, you know, spend some time and say, hey, how can I pray for you? And just spend a few minutes praying for one another. I think that you would be very um, maybe challenged by that. But more than anything, I think you would be really blessed to do that with a friend. Absolutely. So uh, we hope that you continue savoring God's goodness by delighting in His Word. And we want to just also let you know that we've got Soaking Prayer coming up here at Crosstown on April April 7th 7th at 7 o'clock. And if you're like, what in the heck is Soaking Prayer? Um, You're not going to get wet, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) But we um, basically just spend about an hour uh, in our sanctuary here. Our prayer team is here, and uh, we just walk around and pray for women, and we just listen to some worship music, and we pray, and we just press into the presence of God and kind of slow everything down. So we invite you to join us on April 7th at 7 o'clock here at Crosstown for that soaking prayer time, and um, we hope that you continue savoring the goodness of God. And we just want you to know how much we love you and we're thankful for you. But remember, God loves you more. So stay on mission for God. We love you and we'll talk to you ladies soon. Bye.
Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Cross Sound Church. For information about SOAR, women's ministry, or Cross Sound Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Cross Sound app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us. Thank you.